Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Mino Line Media presents the Business First Podcast. Hi, all, and welcome to a new episode of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host. And today in studio, we have a dynamic duo. Rod and Jen, who are a married couple, and they are real estate experts who have built a multi-million dollar real estate investment portfolio. Um, But what's going to be interesting about them, aside from us talking about what you need to know about real estate and and learning about how they started their business, um, between them, they have several licenses, which include being a real estate broker, licensed contractor, licensed cosmetologists, and ordained ministers. They are also speakers and teachers. And again, aside from talking about real estate investing, financial literacy, and how to create generational wealth, they are also experts on spiritual leadership, business coaching, building retail products, managing a blended family, and marriage and relationships. (laughs) Welcome, Rod and Jen. (laughs) Wow. You didn't realize you did all of that, did you? Yeah. Yeah, it's making me feel old. It's making us feel old. That's a lot of work. Thanks so much, Sonia. We're so happy to we're we're so happy to be here. Thanks so much for having yeah. us on today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And I would imagine with this wealth of information and and expertise that some of this, if not most of it, you've experienced um in your lifetime. And so Um, If you could give us like a snapshot of how you all met, because you're you're married, and how is it that you have the same interests? Like, I I think that that's fascinating. And you're able to um, work together. And I know that's not always easy because we've talked about couples and, and partners working together. I know it's not always easy. But if you could help us understand like how it is you found each other, how you found these interests and how you've been able to um, maintain this and create a business, not only for yourselves, right? To create wealth for yourselves, but to help others create wealth in their families and for their generations as well. Wow. You know what? You're making us think way back now. Um, We actually met at church and um, we started off from the very beginning doing a lot of talking. So communication is is really key to a relationship and especially to a marriage. And so in doing all of that talking to one another, we found that we had a lot of the same interests. And I think that's kind of when you pull things out of each other in the very beginning of your connection and your relationship. You just begin to talk and you realize that you are like minded in so many ways. And that can be the attraction. Um, at least it was for us. Yeah. Right. And we knew how important it was for us to think the same way and be of the same mind. So we had a, a physical, a spiritual and a mental connection that we recognized right away. And, I, you know, we talk about relationships all the time to other people. And I think those are very important connections to make, because if you don't, it will appear later on down the road to be a problem. <laughs> Yeah, you know? <laughs> no, no doubt. And we, and we, and actually, when we first met too, we, um, you know, I mean, we we were a little older. Um, we had both been married before, um, so we, you know, we we'd experienced a lot of things, you know, good and bad, pr- previous to coming together. And we, I think we had both grown spiritually um, a lot before we met. Matter of fact, you said we met mm-hmm. at church, but you know, we were very involved, and um, I was separately from from Jen, and she was as well and our families, you know, our children, stuff like that. So, but when we met, it was really an effort, um, not so much to initially date, but it was just because we did like a lot of similar things. We talked about business. Uh, we liked food. We talked about eating. Um, we liked to eat. We ate, we, 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 we shared meals quite frequently and did different things, but we just liked a lot of the same things. We loved the beach. We loved tropical trips. We loved, And so the more and more we talked, 
I was like, you know, hey, this this woman is not only is she fine, but you know, she she like uh, has a lot of things that I like. You know, and this is it was looking pretty good. So that's kind of the start. You know, it is. And we and it, there. That's a really good question, though, Sonia, because I think the thing that attracted us both is that we had such stimulating conversations. Like mentally, we kept each other so challenged and stimulated that we enjoyed talking to each other. Like we didn't need a whole lot of other people to be around. You know, we just became really good friends that way. Um, but I think it was the mental stimulation that really was kind of a lure for each of us. Yeah, like, I mean, we love talking about things and challenging each other's thoughts. I'm like, what do you want to do? And, what and do you different think? things, a lot of things. I mean, we talk about almost anything. So we yeah. talk about stuff, some stuff we knew a lot about, some we, some things we didn't, but then we would just have our theories and thoughts about different things. So we would just kick it. And yeah, but it was, it was very, and we still do that actually. We do that now. So, I mean, sometimes we something's going on in the world or something's happening somewhere, we'll just, we'll, we'll talk about it. So it's always been a great piece to, to be able to, and, and I do tell people this, sometimes people don't believe this, but um, she really, Jen really is my best friend. So, I mean, we, we're, we're best friends to each other. I mean, we, um, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it could be not so good, you know, because we also work together. Right. But, um, but yeah, that's, that, that's, I think that really was what kind of the foundational piece of like, just made this thing work for us for 20, been together 24 years, been married 23 years. So, yeah. and as I told her, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. So I wouldn't care what happened at this point. I'm not leaving. She leaves, I'm leaving with her. So <laughs> can't leave. But he's right. We still do that to this day. So to answer your other question about how do we work together? It's, yeah. it's not easy all the time. Yeah. Um, but because we both had a real heart for entrepreneurship um, and just, creating new things and, and trying our hand at something new. Um, we knew that it wasn't ideal for us to have necessarily careers out there. We, even though I had one for a while, Rod has primarily been an entrepreneur most of his life. Um, but we knew that we wanted to do business together. And so we just made it work. I mean, we, we both have different roles in our businesses. Um, and yes, we do bump heads. Oh yeah, it happens. A lot. <laughs> but well, we worked it out. We're strong personalities. I mean, we, 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 yeah, which is an interesting piece about how we both are because we're very strong personality types. So, uh, so it, it, but when we do have a disagreement, that they're good at disagreements. We, we disagree well. <laughs> you know, so it's, 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 it's part of the challenge of getting done what we get done. But, you know, yeah. it, it, it does work for us. And sometimes, and we also know how to go to neutral corners too. So, if we need a break, just I'm going to go do something else. So yeah. we'll, we'll do that. We've had to do that from time to time. Yeah. D disagreeing well is an important skill. And it's one that I think a lot of us need to learn. It's, it's one that we could teach government, right? Our government officials uh, how to disagree no well, doubt. right? But, um, and I want to apologize because I didn't give your full name. I introduced you as Rod and Jen. And it's Rod and Jen Spratley are here with us today in um, in the studio. And I wish I had met you um, in 2005 when I had bought my first property because it ended up, I, I held it for, for 10 years, but it had been a disaster. Um, and so it's, so, so, I have, so I have a lot of questions. Um, the, the first of which is what was it about real estate, you, you each had a passion for real estate, but what was it that made you realize that you wanted to help other people understand how to, um, how to manage it? And, and you know, I've seen in some of your materials that you're saying no matter what the challenge is, you know, you all can help people see their way through it. And um, like I said, I kind of did it on my own. And like I said, made tons of mistakes. And it's what made me gun shy about going back into the market. But yeah, wh what is it that, that led you to, to say, you know what, like, we know people need help out here, and we're going to do that? Well, I, I think the back the backstory on, on the real estate itself, for, for me at least, and Jen did mention this, prior to us being coming together, I was, you know, I've been a, a licensed contractor for almost 30 years, and I worked the Washington, D.C. market for the very, the early part of my career. Um, and I was, you know, minority certified, 8A contractor, all of that stuff had really got into that government system and and did really well, you know, especially as a young contractor working those markets and in working those markets. I met a lot of people 
and a lot of the people I met early on, most of them were investors. They were real estate investors. Now, many of them were business owners and did a lot of different things, but they also purchased and owned real estate. And, you know, because of the business I was in, I would often find myself working on their properties, whether it be a commercial building, their, their homes, their rental homes. And, you know, and I'm watching this and I'm going, you know, I, I need to get in on this too, you know, cause I know how to fix them. Um, but they were doing things that I didn't really at the time know how to do. I was seeing them purchase, buy land, do things like that. So, so it kind of just piqued my interest and in being an entrepreneur, the way that I was, I, I immediately put that on the list. I'm like, I've got to get into this to, to buy stuff for myself. So of course, when Jen and I met, you know, some years you know later after I'd already been working in the industry, she actually had some background in real estate, even right out of college and had gotten her realtor's license and worked for a company that was doing uh, college housing, which was a kind of another great little niche or niche area that, you know, a lot of people do and, and do very well at. And so we, when we met, we started talking about that. And I was like, you know, I really want to do this, want to buy and invest some properties. I do too. And that was kind of one of our immediate things we connected on. We're like, look, we should really dig into this. And very early on, matter of fact, when we got together, one of the first things we did was to buy some property. That was one of kind of very, very early on. We bought, bought some properties together and started to do that, which was renovate them, fix them up. And I think for, for us, it, it did come a little easier on that side just because of what I did. But there were still a lot of things we didn't know early on. And, and then fast forward, and I'll let Jim jump in and tell you this piece. But, you know, we, we did that all the way up into the 2000s. We were building mid-2000s, building million-dollar houses, subdividing land, you know, doing some subdivisions and stuff like that, and building new houses, and right up to the market collapse. Right, 2008. And that changed some things. Yeah. And I'll let uh, I'll let you kind of well, I mean, give the backstory yeah. on that part. And I, I, it was it was a very tough time for us um, in 2008. Yeah. You probably remember it, Sonia. Yeah, it was a very recession. tough time. Yeah, um, we had a pretty strong portfolio at the time, and um, the rug got pulled out from under us. Um, and we learned a lot during that time. Um, but we also learned that financial freedom was extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some things that we did not know going in to that time period, but we learned it all <laughs> while we were down and out. We learned a lot of lessons, right. <laughs> but we came back stronger and with a, a better investment strategy. Yeah. And so during all that time, you know, still we're, we're studiers, like we study anything that the Lord puts in front of us to do. We'll, we'll go and take a deep dive into it. And so we realized that there are a lot of people that are not financially free. And so we started to wonder why. Right. And we started to just research and study this out. And we it just took us aback. And we're like, wow, there's a lot of people that are in financial trouble. Mm -hmm. And so we started to go to different churches and stuff that we had relationships with. And we did little financial seminars and started to teach people how to invest in real estate. Some were very interested, but most people, like you said, were afraid and just had a lot of anxiety around it. And so we felt as though the Lord was putting on our heart to help these people become financially free, get their feet out of the net, show them another way to become financially free. And so we just took on that burden. Like, you know, we've got to help people. Um, And so fast forward, which is why we came up with our coaching program that we now offer. Um, You can come in on a Saturday for 90 minutes and learn probably more than you've ever known about real estate investing. And it's a powerful time and people walk away going, I had no idea. Um, and so that's what we do. And it's a $7 90 minute course that you can come and take and listen and just sort of, you know, wet your whistle or, or scratch that itch of just wanting to know what is this all about? Why do people always talk about real estate investing and what's the big deal? And we break it down in a very simple way. Did you say it's a $7? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, let's tell you, let us tell you why it's $7. You know, we really only get the $7 just to hold the spot. We want, we want to make sure we've got a count. And, and surprisingly enough, people, you know, I, I guess it's just the way we are. If we don't pay anything and sign up for something, a lot of times and we'd come on right. and get ready. 20 people signed up. It possibly nobody could show up. But, if it's but, free. But, if it's free but, but something about it being a few dollars attached to it, we almost <laughs> always get people to sign up to show up. So, yeah, but we, wow. we did that really 
because our, our initial goal for us is really that we have people that hear our voice and, and what we teach and talk about resonates with them because, you know, it could be that maybe it's not us and maybe it's someone else. What we also learned during the process for us over all these years was the times we've had the biggest challenges, we didn't really have a coach. We didn't have a mentor. Right. We, did, we didn't have anybody. And so we would be left. Now we had each other. And because we are the kind of people we are and we're educated, smart people, we would always go and let's go and research and figure it out. So we would go do that. But oftentimes it would kind of be after the fact. And we didn't have anyone to ask. So what we obviously learned over all these years, look, you will do so much better (laughs) having seasoned, knowledgeable, educated people that have done what you want to do and have already gone there. Like we just had one of our mentors two days ago. I called him and asked a question. He answered in less than 30 seconds. He said, do this, this, and this. Call me back later. Bye. And hung up. <laughs> okay. Now, what he told us, I, I, did, I didn't know to do. And it was very simple things. And, and we wrote them down. Mm-hmm. And we immediately did what he said. But that's the difference. Mm-hmm. You don't have anyone, so you do it. And you think it's right. And then you only to get into it and be like, oh, my goodness, yeah, this is we, not good. <laughs> we're getting ready to embark upon something new, Sonia, that you're going to be able to add to the list. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be rolling out our own radio show soon. So yeah. it's a Very space good. we've never been in before. And so he was able to coach us like, boom, 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 do these three things. And what did we do when we hung up the phone? We did those three things. Oh, no <laughs> so we're good students. Now, and he's already on radio. So, so, so that, and that's another example. We said, who are we going to call? We're going to call Doc because he's already on the radio. He's on Sirius. He's on all the, so we said, we're going to call and just ask. And we called and asked. He called back, gave us an answer. And that's what we did. So that's the beauty now that we see that that's available is you can find someone that their voice resonates with you and what you're looking to do. And, and it should be, we, we always tell people this, if, I mean, we could or could not be the people for you. So investigate. You know, if it, if it, if it matches and it sounds like, you know, what you've been looking for is what we do or offer. Great. If it doesn't keep looking and I'm sure there's somebody that would fit, but you definitely need someone to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Now mentorship is, is so important. And I think culturally, um, because we always keep so, so many things close to the best, which is what I was doing, right? We're kind of taught, like, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. And so you go off and you do these things by yourself and, you know, these can be the results. And so one of the reasons, I'm going to talk about myself a little bit, but one of the reasons that I had an interest in, well, in real estate was because in New York City, we watched, we watched how we lost Harlem. In fact, I had written an article called Have We Lost Harlem? And there was so many opportunities for people in our community to be able to buy into Harlem and for a number of different reasons, right? We just didn't. And, and, and I mean, they're great stories of people who have properties there, but so many more people could have. And I remember the, the, one of the experts I had spoken to talked about, well, you know, there may not be Harlem, but there's Philly, there's Atlanta, there's Baltimore, there's all of these other, there's Detroit, right? And it seems as if, I think when people are looking at the market, like, have we lost the opportunity to get into these cities? I mean, I live in Brooklyn, right? I'm a home, homeowner in Brooklyn, and we're watching people in all five boroughs be displaced mm-hmm. in ways right. that are just like heartbreaking. And um, through scams, I mean, there are a number of things that are, that are going on in the real estate markets here. There's scams and there's gentrification and there's there, there are a number of, of things. But what is it that you would say to somebody who feels like all the great markets are gone? At least that's the perception, right? All the great markets are gone. The interest rates are, are what they are. Houses are so much more expensive than what they were if I had invested 5, 10, 15 years ago. Um, what is it that you say to folks about the opportunities to to still invest? Wow, those are very good questions. Yes. Um, we've been in this space for almost 30 years, so we've seen many, 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 many cycles of, of the market going up and down. I remember when the interest rates were 
Mm-hmm. When we we were young and we weren't investing at the time, I think I was actually working for a real estate brokerage at the time, and I, I may even have my license. But I saw when rates were seventeen percent, and real estate was still bought, still sold, people mm-hmm. still invested. We always tell people date the rate and buy the property, marry the property. The rates go up and down. You can always refinance. Do not allow the noise in the market to run you away from the market. Right. Um, we are a bit concerned about some of the things that we hear that are going on in the coaching space. Um, there's a lot of people that are jumping mm-hmm. on board because of the promises of, hey, you know, join this syndication, throw your money in, and you're going to just sit right. back and relax and get a return make on the investment and make a million in, in, bucks in a month and um, make it fast. And you don't have to worry and you don't have to be the one to, you know, find the property and all this. We do not encourage that. I'm not saying that it's wrong. For a seasoned investor, it may be right. Um, but we've had folks call us up and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a part of the syndication. I put in 25 grand. And our question to them is, do you know what you're doing? Do you know how to invest? And the answer is always no. I have no idea right. what's going on. I just know I'm going to make money. And so to answer your question, do not be discouraged. I mean, maybe right. it's not in Brooklyn. Maybe you have to go out a little further. Our advice is always start small. Start local if you can. If you can't, then go out a little further until you can find that market that you can jump into. However, I was just in Brooklyn a couple of weeks ago. Was it mm-hmm. a couple of weeks yeah, ago? Because we have a daughter that lives there. And we're encouraging her to start look for something to buy. So we jumped online and we started looking for some property. And it wasn't, it was in Brooklyn somewhere, but it was a single family house for like 200 and some thousand. Now it needed work. A lot There's, of work. It needed a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It did. But there's stuff everywhere. But her dad's a contractor. <laughs> yeah, so for her, it works. For her, it works. Absolutely. My yeah. point is there is property everywhere. And I think when you tell yourself there's nothing there, you don't see it. So, you know what I mean? It's like everyone's saying there's nothing around. Everyone is saying the interest rates are high. Everyone is saying don't do this now and don't do that now. You start to buy into that. There's and, always a deal. And here's, here's something else, too. And, and this is the difference for us that we can really touch. Because, see, I've worked big city. I worked, like I said, Washington DC was, was really home for me for 18 years. I did 18 years of business there, um, worked Baltimore, worked all of Washington DC, Northern Virginia area. You, you name it. I worked there, uh, worked downtown, worked under several administrations of the mayors, uh, in, in, in all the big cities there worked in, um, you know, Atlanta. We went to the Atlanta market, worked there for seven years. Uh, same thing, uh, worked, knew the, knew the, um, some very, very good people there. We've worked Florida market. We've worked, um, you know, uh, North Carolina market. Alabama. We've worked Alabama market, believe it or not. Um, and in all these markets where we personally worked and developed relationships with the city officials, the building department, you know, it's a lot of times it's just the things that people don't know. If you knew the things to do, you, you could save yourself a lot of grief. So part of what we've really did as part of what we try to do is educate. Okay. It's, it's like a foundational education. It doesn't mean you have to be a huge developer. You might not want to own a hundred units. That's fine. You might just want to own five, but even if you just want to own five, you need this foundation. We're going to give you this. And then as long as you do this and you always use it, then you protect yourself. You could, you could, you get the right type of property, you get the right kind of tenant, you get the right kind of loan, you know, and then you get the right kind of people to help you manage it. Handyman, uh, yeah. contractor, whatever you need, lawyer. Um, and we call it your team and you put your team together. And once you get your team and you work out all your, you know, your, your imperfections mm-hmm. with the team and you guys kind of grow together and that becomes your group, that's your go-to. When you got a project, you call the same lawyer. When you got you call the same contractor, you call the, you know, and and you believe it or not, those relationships, and some of them for us, and Jen will tell you this, I've got contractors that I've known for 30 years. I've been working, they've been working with me off and on for that long. I can call them now at home and they'll do things for me. So you'll build that yourself. And that's what we tell people. Build, just start working it. You know, but you do have to build it. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, we, we, we believe that we have a proven strategy, Sonia, that we've developed over these many, many years. And that's one of the, the things that we teach um, during that weekend workshop, that Saturday workshop. We, we touch on it. Um, 
but in our course, we actually hold your hand and walk you through how to do this step by step. Most coaching programs do not do that. They just throw you out there and you have no idea what's going on and what you're doing. But going back to your comment about prices and all this, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a good idea to partner up with somebody that you trust that is like-minded with you. Hey, you know, let's go in together and get this first deal. And maybe this first one will have to sell in order to get some cash out of it to to do the next deal. So there's always a way to do it. You just have to get together with somebody that can help open up your mind to how can we invest in real estate? People will always invest in real estate. I don't care how much it is. So you got to find that yeah. property that works yeah. for you. And so we, so we say the best time to buy real estate was 20 years ago. And the next best time is right now. Is right now. Okay. Yeah. Because, because 20 years from now, I'll be 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you have to get in. And I think when we met, I had already purchased a home and I think my first home uh, and I had VA and my first home, the interest was 13%. And at the time, well, I believe that was good because I think it was in the 15 range. So getting VA, I got it at 13. So, um, but now, but I didn't look at that then like it was way too expensive, you know, because I qualified for it. Now I qualified for less house, but even at 13%, I did qualify and I was able to purchase home, a single family house. So I think that's one of the misconceptions people don't understand and they look at just the interest rate. You know, the rates are too high. I can't buy a house now. Well, you know, the reality is the rates could be higher next year. Right. So, you know, yeah. you, you don't really know. So it's if you're ready and the deals also could be not as prevalent, uh, uh, um, available yeah. next the numbers year. Work. So yeah. it's really about availability. It's about getting a good deal. And we always say, like Jen said about the rate, but we always say also, you know, if you evaluate the deal, the numbers will speak for themselves. It'll it'll be a yes or a no. Right. And that's including the rate. So if we mm-hmm. the way that we teach people how to evaluate deals, let's say the rate was 15%. Well, if you use what we tell you, you'll still get a yes or a no. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be 15% and it could be a yes right. if you run all the numbers. So, you know, it's, it's just a difference in knowing really how to do it and mm-hmm. what to look for. Yeah. And I think, too, when the rates dropped so drastically low, do you realize that was the lowest they have oh ever, ever is... been in the history of this country when they yeah. got to 1.5, 2%? They had never, ever been that low. Yeah. So when people see them at six and seven, it's like, oh, my goodness, they're so high. <laughs> That's probably more yeah. normal, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. You may not ever see that 2% and that 1% ever again in your lifetime, right? Nobody really knows. But don't sit around and wait for that 1% and 2% to come back because you could wait two, three, four, five years. It never happens. You could have bought a property and it could have been appreciating in value over those three, four, five years. And that's how wealth is built in real estate. It's right. built from the appreciation in the property, mm-hmm. the tenant paying down the debt, you building up equity and that equity helps to build your net worth because you're going to get another property. And that net worth is all about the equity that you have in there. And then you get the depreciation, which is why wealthy people buy real estate for those four reasons, primarily cash flow, appreciation, depreciation, and then tax advantages. If it works, if the numbers work and you can cash flow, it's a good deal. Yeah. You know, but you know, look, success leaves a trail. Mm -hmm. People often don't follow it. But all the all the wealthiest people in this country and other countries, you can and, you know, it's easy enough for you to do your own research to see this. All of them hold some substantial portion of their wealth in real estate. All of them do, you know, uh, from Bill Gates to Warren Buffett, you name them. You know, that might not be what they do. Elon Musk. Um, they just because they're not in the real estate business, don't be fooled that they don't own enormous amounts of real estate because it is the one sweet spot that gives you the best tax advantages for big business. So they're all, they're all going to own it. And why do they own it? Because they know it's the best thing to go to. And for us, unfortunately, we mentioned this, we do say it and, and it's, it's a very unfortunate thing, but in the black and Brown community, even worse, what home ownership for us hasn't changed since 1961. Yeah, that's it, crazy. It, it, that's almost inconceivable. Yeah, how we really could go from 1961 to 2023, almost 2024, and and our numbers of home ownership 
literally a, a worse. The needle has not moved. I, I, and it, I mean, that's like mind blowing to us, mm-hmm. especially someone like us that owns so many properties. And we're always preaching this to everyone. Look, you got to own real estate. You can't not own it. It, it. If you don't want it for you, you do it for your grandkids. Yeah. But you have to have ownership. And the, 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 the word says a, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Yeah. You know, there's a responsibility for us to be doing something that's generational. Yeah. That's, that's bigger than just us. But, you know, and, and you say that I, I was having a, a conversation with um, someone just yesterday who, you know, what's happening in, in our neighborhoods is that developers will come in with cash. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you have you have properties that may have been in the family since, you know, the 1970s, which is not a long time, but a significant amount of time. But maybe they might have bought their house in the 1960s, um, 1970s, and they probably paid 30000 Right. right. 40,000. In some cases, I've heard 15,000 for a brownstone or, or, or one of these limestone double, you know, multifamily right. properties. Um, what is it? You know, I wonder and I, and I don't know. Um, this is not a question. I, I don't know if any of us have an answer to, but I wonder if, if in your courses and in your discussions, you see it. What is it that allows us more often than not to take the money and run? rather than stay and, um, you know, and, and so this, this is an interesting case, right? So the, the gentleman that I spoke to yesterday um, is living next to a house where the, the father left it for his son. The developers are in our neighborhood all the time. And so um, he said to the young man who has now inherited his father's home, um, I will give you what the developers are, are offering you plus 50000 on top of whatever they're offering you. Like, please don't sell the home. If you sell it, I will buy it from you. And the young man was just like, don't worry, I'm not selling. He sold, (laughs) right? And so, you know, I don't, there could be an argument that, you know, know, most people aren't gonna be able to give me what the developers are giving me, but now given the opportunity to actually make more than a developer was offering you. and And I don't think this is an isolated case. And we, as black and brown people, we just need to be real here. We can say this. Yes, please. There's a little bit of, there's a lack of trust in our own community with us working, doing things together and, 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 and really, you know, trusting one another that number one, we could do some things that would, would avoid us having to do that right there. And if that gentleman asked him, which I don't think is anything more he could have done. No. He gave him an opportunity. He said, he said he would pay more even. More. Why you wouldn't have a honest conversation with that individual to then keep it in a community of people that saying, we want to kind of preserve what we have here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. And the second part is, and I'll let Jen say what she's got on her mind, but the lack of education for us. Here, here's an incredible um, thing for that scenario you just mentioned. If that young man was in our course, the very first thing we're going to say to him is, don't, you're not going to sell. Mm -hmm. And if you need money, we're going to show you how to get money from the asset, but you don't have to sell it. Right. Okay. So you still can get what you need, but you have to keep the asset. Don't get rid of it. An asset that's been improved in value very easily enough can be proven what the value is yeah. and you can easily pull money out of that yeah. and not be taxed and, and, and not be taxed on that money uh, right. and then move forward to use that, but still have it. So yeah. I, well, so, so no, you're, you're, you're spot on. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think there's two things. One is money, mm-hmm. you know, um, not knowing. And then and the other is the lack of education when it comes to investing in this asset. Mm-hmm. And so to Rod's point, he wanted the money. Yeah, okay? he did. And he, he wanted it fast. And he wanted it fast, he but he could have had the money and the house. Yeah. If he'd had the education yeah. on how to keep the house, pull the money out, yeah. not because the, yeah, the, 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 the money. mortgage, the mortgage yeah. has already been paid, right? So it's right. a mortgage free home. Yeah. Exactly. But, so but, he could have pulled enough money out. Yeah. And even if he didn't want to live there, let's say he pulled the money out, he would not be taxed on the money that he's pulled out. No, you can't be taxed on taking equity out of your house right not tax so he could have moved out and done something with the money or whatever put a tenant in the house he would have still owned the asset 
still would have been able to get the tax write-offs every year, still would have been able to get the depreciation from the property, would have gotten cash flow from the tenant paying rent. And in a few years, the house value would have gone up and he still would have owned the property. So I think it's a lack of education and understanding and then the need for that money, um, that immediate need for for the dollar that's flashed in front of you when you could have had both. And what the developers know to do, and and this is the the irony of this, we we own properties. And like I said, we have property in Atlanta and we get developers calling us. They don't know who we are. They just go in and they search the records, you know, and they send us a letter. Oh, we'll give you cash for your house. And periodically, in some strange way, every once in a while, one of them hunts down a phone number and actually calls. Right. And I and I get a little bit of a chuckle out of it because they'll call and they'll say, You own the house? And they'll tell us the address. Yes, we are yes, we do. And it's well, are you interested? We've got a cash offer. I said, No, I'm not interested in selling. I said, but I'd be interested. Do you have anything that we can purchase? (laughs) I said, can you send me a list of what you might have available and we'd be willing to buy something from you? <laughs> oh, no, we're not selling anything. I said, well, we're not either. <laughs> you know, so it's a, it, that's not what we do. We do what you do. Right. You know, we, we don't blame you for asking. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so to, to your point, it's, it's just um, the need for the money and the education, but you can have both when it comes yeah. to real estate investing. Right. Such uh, a one, powerful yeah. asset. One of the things that you had said earlier is, um, there were a lot of things that, that you didn't know. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure that some of the things that you don't know is what a lot of people don't know. Can you list a few of those things that might resonate with those listening? Some of the things that you, that I'll some of the common of the things that people miss. One of the earliest ones for us, and, and I'll share this very transparently, one of the earliest ones for us was we were not extremely knowledgeable in the lending process around investment properties. You know, because it's, it, it's different from, you know, you buying a primary residence. So when we wanted to get into investing and and really kind of ramp up, we just didn't have a lot of knowledge there. So we, you know, look for people and do what anybody else would do. I think we even looked in the yellow pages. I, I don't you know, because we may have searched some online, but we found a couple people that said, hey, we loan money on investment property. I think that was what the. And then we were like, okay, so we called. Well, part of that was since we didn't know that process, it was very easy for people to add junk fees onto us, okay? And in the early on, we paid a lot of junk fees. And what I mean by junk fees, um, an extra point for this, a loan closing cost, a processing fee, uh, a this fee, a that fee, a back door free, front door fee, you know, and they would just list them all out and then kind of brush it up under the rug and say, well, you know, you, you still will do pretty good because the rate's only this. Well, we, we just didn't know. But, but here's the beautiful part about how resilient the two of us were. We always ran the numbers to the extent that even with all those junk fees, we still made money. And so, but we just found out later, we were paying way extra for a number of things that we didn't need that was thousands of dollars that was brought to our attention maybe five to seven years later, Mm -hmm. okay, by someone that became a mentor to us. And he happened to be a lawyer. And we would go to him to do these closings. And the beautiful part about that was we just became friends. You know, we would go in, how's your wife? Hey, how's your wife? And we would just sit there and talk. And, and he grew fond of us, you know, over the course of years. And one day, uh, the one person that we were dealing with that happened to have been helping us process these wasn't there. And he asked, he said, how, you know, how good of friends or how well, something like, how well do you know her? And we were kind of like, well, we, we met her, you know, and she's helping us get these and she's helping us get these deals. And he just, he said, well, he said, she's charging you too much. He just said it. He said, you can do much, much better. And of course our light, the light went on. We were like, what? What? He was like, you can do much better. She's yeah. He said, I'm not going to say anymore. He said, I don't, I don't, I'm not, don't dislike her or anything. He said, Mm -hmm. but I like you guys. And I'm just telling you, you can do better. So, of course, the next question for us was, can you elaborate? Can you tell us, <laughs> tell us what to do, you know? And, and so he did. He said, okay, do this. He said, 
I'm going to give you a name for someone to call. You tell them my name. You tell them who I am and tell them that you're a good friend of mine. And I told you to call. And so we did just that. And it was a major bank. He told us to call. We were not getting monies from banks like like major. This was a this was one of the oldest banks in Virginia. He said, you call them and tell them that you're a friend of mine. Call the bank president and tell them you're a friend of mine and tell them what you need. And so we did that. And, you know, we went in and, you know, of course, we're thinking they're going to ask for like the stuff we used to give and, you know, six years of tax returns and a whole bunch of crazy stuff, you know. And so we go in prepared and, you know, the guy chats with us and he, you know, asked a few questions and, hey, what are you doing? We told him what we were doing. How long have you been doing it? I think we answered all that. Okay. Then he just said, well, how much money do you need? And, you know, we told him typically we need this. And during that time, I think it's four or $500,000, somewhere around there per deal, something like that. And uh, he said, okay, I can do that. Now, yeah, just like that. <laughs> just like that. So our response is probably like yours. We're looking at each other like, did, son, he, did he just say he can do that? Sonia, we were like, wait, don't you want all these papers yeah, don't, that we have don't in you our want briefcase? This, don't you want this briefcase full of documents we've got here that we've, that we've been given to everybody every time we... I'm like, wait, I have a vial of blood. Do you want that too? I mean... But to Rod's point, I think what we learned was yeah. now we question everything. I don't care yeah, if it's yeah. coming. I don't care if it's coming. It taught from, us something. I don't care if it's coming from an attorney, yeah. a loan officer. If it, when the paper comes across our desk and we look at the numbers, we're like, mm, "What's that for?" Yeah, um, yeah. we're not paying that. Yeah. Uh, what's this extra hundred dollars? We're not paying that. Yeah. You know, we negotiate and we push back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we and we teach that, that. Mm-hmm. because I'm gonna tell you, I we. We've been sitting in million dollar deals and genetic sheet and and we pit bulls about this. So we say, look, don't wait till we get there. Email us the documents because we want to see them before we get there. Now, if you wait, it's just going to slow you guys up because we're still going to do it. But if you do it before and no, and lo and behold, we'll get it. And we go right to the numbers. I I mean, I can look at it and we flip over. It's like, you need to take that 150 off. You need to take the 69 off. I'm not paying for wire fee. I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying for that. If you go change that and bring it back, we'll sign it. And you know what they do? They get up, they go take it off and they bring it back. (laughs) And they bring it back. Just like that. If you don't ask though. Right. And and most people expect contracts to be difficult and they expect them to have a lot of things. And so, um, yeah, to your point, no one questions or nobody pushes back. And so they just automatically think. Yeah, they just charge you. In the relationship that you had with this woman, sometimes when you are comfortable in a relationship, you just trust that the other person is going to do everything that they are supposed to do on your behalf. And that was my biggest lesson, that just because you guys come from the same place or you bond on some certain er- in, in certain areas, it doesn't mean that these this person, if you don't do your homework, is going to have your best interest at heart. 100%. One hundred percent, and now it just comes automatically for us. It's just yeah. what we do. Yeah, and you and you'll get you saying, look. But what I will say to you though is, and, and number one, I applaud you because I did hear you say you're still there, and yeah. you're obviously a homeowner in Brooklyn. Yeah, and and like we said to our our daughter and son-in-law, which is, we're we're encouraging them whether they stay in Brooklyn or not. Mm-hmm. But what we said to them, we don't care where you go, because right. if anybody that follows us on YouTube or anywhere else, they, you will quickly see one thing with us. I don't care where you see us, you're going to see us looking at some real estate. Right. <laughs> Whether we're in California, we can't, it doesn't matter. Wherever we go, we're sniffing real estate. Yeah. And we'll tell people often, it's like, hey, we're in, we're in Simi Valley, California. Guess what we're doing? Well, we're there for something else. Right. right but right. hey, we got some time. So what we're doing, we're looking at real estate because that's that's how we find deals. Oh, I have, I have an idea for you guys. For mm-hmm. I think you asked a question earlier about... Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do when the prices are going high and um, interest rates are high? And I said, maybe you could partner and some other things you could do. Well, you can find off market deals. Don't wait for it to come on the market. You guys right. know people in the community. You ask them. Like this neighbor that like, you just talked about. Exactly. That, that Pick up the awesome. phone and say, are you interested in selling? If you are, please let me know. If it's not this year, maybe it's next year. And you just start mm-hmm. connecting and making those relationships and asking people is anyone ready to sell? Is anybody thinking about moving? Mm-hmm. I'd be interested in buying your property. Yeah. And those things, you know, they, they, they happen way more than, than people think. This happened several years ago, but I had a really good friend who, um, an elderly woman had, she had no family and she literally sold him a brownstone for a hundred dollars because she oh. didn't have anybody to leave it for. 
I know. <laughs> Beautiful brownstone on Eastern Parkway. Um, and There's yeah, so they're all, they're all sorts of stories. They're all sorts of circumstances, right? Um, and as you, one of the things that you said that I think is important too, like the cycles, there's, they're always going to be cycles, right? And so the market's going yeah. to be up, it's going to be down, it's going to be tight. It's going to be difficult, but it's also going to be easy. They're always going to be opportunities. Um, and you just, and, and one of your, um, your videos, you talked about the, the, the point is you have to see it for yourself, right? Like if you can see it you for do. yourself, then, um, then the opportunity is, can become real eventually. Yeah. Well, you um, know, we, we, we try to, we try to never, um, with what we do because we're very transparent about how we do what we do. I mean, and we've had things that we look back on and we were like, ah, oh, we could have did this or did that. But the beautiful thing about what we've been able to do is we've consistently, consistently made an above average profit mm-hmm. consistently. And, and that's really the answer right there is, is our recipe good enough that it, it, it endures over a long period of time. And for us, mm-hmm. it has, I mean, cause we're, we're talking 28 years into real estate investing and yes, we did have a, a glitch in the 07, 08, like everyone else was, which was really around bad mortgages right. because our deals still, still really had great numbers. Right. But when they call your loans, it doesn't matter how great your numbers are, because right. if you don't have the cash, you can't pay them off, <coughs> which is kind of how we got caught. We had we had deals that had equity. Mm-hmm. But what was happening, the bank was saying, we no longer want to let you have this loan. Right. So give us the money. And we're like, and, we, and the we, rates. Yeah. And then the rates got crazy and, mm-hmm. and stuff happened. So. You know, but, but what's but interesting now, with that too is that you all were able to rebuild even better than mm-hmm. you did originally, and I think that's an important <coughs> point for folks because even if you did have, like me, had a bad investment, or if you're thinking that, you know, you know, I'm going through a bad time financially, you can always recover, and real estate is a is an investment absolutely. area where you can always you can always recover. Yeah. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. We've been covered big time. Yeah. We were like, OK, we're back. We're back. We <laughs> bought a property for seventeen hundred, a property for twenty five hundred, a property oh, yeah, for twenty five thousand. Yeah, that was after the collapse. We were buying after properties for pennies on the dollar. Right. Pennies on it. I mean, we bought a house in East Point, Georgia, two bedroom, one bath, the cheapest house we've ever purchased. It was seventeen hundred dollars. We bought it from a bank. Wow. Seven, I kid you not, seventeen hundred dollars. And, you know, when we were doing one of our, our master classes, our coaching classes, I went up into the archives and pulled out some old documents. I said, because you say that, but people don't believe it, right? right so right. I went and got the HUD one. <laughs> so I pulled it out. I put it up there. I said, look, I'm going to show you guys this. And I, and I put them on a share screen and I showed them these HUD ones from these purchases. Yeah. And this is in 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. Wow. 2012, you buy a house for $1,700. We bought one. For forty uh, sixty seven hundred dollars, that's still rented to this day. Sixty that was that was actually built in two thousand fourteen, something like that. Yeah. Oh, two thousand thirteen. Wow. So it it wasn't an old house. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, then we got. I mean, we got so so many stories about properties. We've got properties we purchased that we don't own now. Some on Capitol Hill. We own property on Capitol Hill, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania <clears> Avenue, <throat> uh, wow. uh, Capitol Hill Extended. We had property all throughout that area. And condos, single families. We had houses in McLean, Virginia, Vienna, Virginia, Tyson's mm-hmm. Corner. I mean, these are, these are high dollar neighborhoods. Yeah, we had properties that we've gone back and looked them up, where we paid two and three hundred thousand. They're worth a million, a million two, a million five, a million mm-hmm. seven. You know, and this is just in ten years. This is so this is less safe. than fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So people are thinking, you know, you're going to make this million in a month. Yeah. But do you know how fast five years, 10 years, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, and yeah. you're not really, it's not costing you dearly to have it. Right. You're just managing it, right. you know, and, and getting the cash flow every right. month and the tax write-offs every year yeah. and the depreciation and all the other. So you can't convince things. us that there's a better investment. I mean, that's just, right. that's us. You know, some people will say, Hey, but as far as we're concerned, um, this was a blessing from the Lord and the best investment opportunity we could have ever gotten into as a, a, a business and a husband and wife team mm-hmm. was, was the real estate uh, investing game. So mm-hmm. we love it, you know, and we, we do recommend it for 
everyone basically. Now, we do understand that some people don't want to do what others want to do. Like some people don't want to do management. Right. You know, and we understand that. But there's things for that. Right. Absolutely. Well, I'm with, I'm sure the folks listening want to know how we can sign up for the $7 class, <laughs> the master class. It's really, really simple. You just go to realestatemasteryworkshop.com. And I think our next one, we try to do it like every other Saturday. About a week, about every, 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 other, every yeah. other Saturday. So we just had one last Saturday. So I think the next one's the 23rd. You just go to realestatemasteryworkshop.com, sign up, and we'll see you on yeah. Zoom. Yeah, we do them live. They're live on Zoom. Live. Yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. And how else can people follow? You have a, um, a YouTube channel. We do. It's just Rod and Jen Spratley. Mm-hmm. So it's at Rod and Jen Spratley. Okay. I think that's our YouTube. Yeah, do you have any YouTube. other social media yeah. um, platforms yeah. that people can follow? Yeah. So, same thing. I mean, it's our name. So mm-hmm. if you okay. either, whether you do uh, uh, Rod Spratley or Jen Spratley, it'll, we'll pop up for both yeah. of our Instagram, mm-hmm. um, for our Facebook, you know, we, we're on LinkedIn, okay. all those, but it pops up under our name. So yep. okay. if you Google us, it'll come up. You'll probably see one of our YouTube videos with us doing something because <laughs> okay. we, we, we do move around a lot. <laughs> and my Instagram is jenspratley.coach. Yes. Um, okay. But our email, hey, we're still old school. We still like emails. Yeah, you can email us. Okay. So do, you can email us at connect at rodandjenspratley.com. Okay. All righty. And when yeah. are you launching the uh, the radio show? So okay. so we, we're we're okay. under, we've kind of worked out some contract <laughs> details. Okay. We're going to be on uh, Christian Network. It's on the Truth Network. Okay. Um, but we will be uh, on on Saturday mornings. And doing a 30 minute show and it'll probably be a similar format. We'll have some guests on. We'll, we're going to talk about, we'll talk about a lot of things. Uh, we'll talk about some other business things as well, mm-hmm. right. but kingdom principles and how to run a great business and okay. how to invest in real estate. Wealth building primarily. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so yeah. stuff like that. But we, and, and we, we love, we love any topics around seeing people just advance in business yes. and kingdom principles that just help them build great business and just do well. And and we're in a great country. We get to do this stuff here and we're not restricted. Right. You know, so we want people to be financially free, break the shackles off. That's, yeah, that's our exactly. goal. Well, we'd love to have you back. There's so much I think that we didn't cover. Um, I know that we didn't cover. And so we'd <laughs> love to have you back to talk about managing retail products and doing all these other things. So would love to have you back. Um, thank you for coming on and sharing such wonderful information. I am going to be taking your course. I hope everybody else is going to sign up for your that. course. And um, yeah, just thank you for coming on and sharing such great stories, such great information and amazing insight. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having us. We really enjoyed it. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back again next week with another great guest. Take care. The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Aline, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business First Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcast. On social media on IG at business underscore first underscore podcast. Follow the Mean Old Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mean Old Line Media. Get the Mean Old Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Business First Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production. <laughs>